free land. Anybody know what that means? It's a, it's, it's a quote from Isaiah 32, I think. A rock in a weary land. Uh, weary would be dry, uh, hot, uh, maybe to a degree famished. So, so if you're out in the middle of a weary land, you need shade, shelter. Not from rain as much as heat. That's <laughs> relief, um, comfort. And, uh, and I just, I don't know, we were singing and I thought, you know how many times I've sang, Jesus is the rock in a weary land, and not one time I've ever thought about what in the world does that mean. <laughs> so, so maybe I wasn't the only one. Uh, so now there you go. Uh, Revelation is where we are, chapter 5, Revelation chapter 5. In hindsight, we probably should have just included this last week. It's not very, uh, not very long, um, but I didn't want to get into chapter 6 and tonight with, with this too, so we're just going to cover it. Uh, but we're starting in verse number 8, Revelations chapter 5, and verse number 8. And we'll go through the end of the chapter. It says, and when he had taken, you remember the context, right? Um, the, uh, uh, back in verse number 1, uh, we saw this scroll, this book. Um, no man could open it. Uh, John wept about that. The angel, uh, or uh, someone was it the elders. Um, yeah, one of the elders said, why are you crying? I'm paraphrasing. Um, uh, the lion of the tribe of Judah, um, he's opened the book. And then, uh, lo and behold, the lamb steps forth. And uh, so that's what we're looking at right now. The lamb has, uh, had the lamb that was slain, uh, is now here. He has opened the book. Verse number seven, he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. Now, verse number eight. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and twenty elders fell down before the lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, uh, which are the prayers of saints. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain. And has redeemed us to God by, the blood, by thy blood, out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation, and has made us unto our God, kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. And I beheld, and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne, and the beasts and the elders, uh, and the number of them was ten thousand times ten thousand and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom, and strength, and honor, and glory, and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven, and on the earth, and under the earth, and such as are in the sea, and all that are in them heard, I saying, Blessing, and honor, and glory, and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne, and unto the Lamb forever and ever. And the four beasts said, Amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped him, that liveth forever and ever. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for letting us be here tonight. Uh, thank you for the warmth of this building. Uh, Lord, thank you for each person who was able to, to come. And Lord, we pray that tonight would be an encouragement uh, to us as we look into your word. And uh, Lord, that we just continue to draw closer to you by learning more of you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we basically hear the focus of these last several verses of chapter 5 is, is solely on the worship. So in the first half of the chapter, we're, we're introducing the book, we're introducing the lamb that was slain, uh, which is the same as the lion of Judah, 
that he has come and triumphantly opened this book, and there is joy within that. And the last part of the chapter now is really a focus on what happens when that book is open, and the first response to it is just plain and simple worship. Um, and, you know, we've talked, we've talked some throughout the year on worship. We talked a lot early in the year about it. Uh, but to, to understand um, not only that God is worthy of worship, but to understand the response to God in heaven is consistently worship. And that's just what it is. And so to, 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 to try to grasp that so that while we are on this earth, we're doing the same thing. It shouldn't be any different. The difference, I guess, is in heaven, uh, we have that full understanding and comprehension um, versus on earth, we're learning uh, still. Uh, but the reality is, is we're supposed to be in a constant state of worship with God, and we're supposed to be worshiping him. And his worthiness is just so evident in this moment here that we're reading about in chapter 5, that that's exactly what everyone does, and it's an immediate worship. Verse number 8, uh, he took the book. And, and immediately the four beasts and the four and twenty elders fell down, fell down before the Lamb. Now, we, we looked at them earlier in chapter 4. We, we were introduced to these, this crowd, and, uh, and we didn't learn a whole lot about them necessarily. Uh, we learned more about the beasts a little bit more in 4, but uh, uh, we kind of just kind of went past. There are these group of people here, and, and as soon as the Lamb comes forth with the book, they're down and worshiping. It says there, uh, they fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, and uh, which are the prayers of saints. So we see this uh, falling down, this worshiping, this musical worship with the harps, uh, the vocal worship, the, the act of worship uh, as well. And with it, they have the prayers of saints. Um, there is uh, very little uh, that is sweeter, I believe, to God than the prayers of saints. Um, I, one of the accounts that I service is an Indian grocery store, uh, a bazaar, as, as, but everything in it's like a grocery store, so I assume that's what it is. Um, but every time I walk in, they have, uh, he has um, incense, or, or uh, not, for, not for worship reasons, but to make the restaurant smell like, I assume, the homeland. I don't know. I've never been there. But, uh, and it's the first thing, as soon as you walk in, it's there. Actually, the first time I was there, I sprayed it because I didn't know it was there. It's sitting on the floor off in the corner. So I'm spraying chemical and you see the little smoke. I'm like, oh, <laughs> oops. Uh, but it's there every single time. And, uh, and it's an odor. I don't find it sweet. I don't find it enjoyable. I don't find it um, that great. Now, it's better than some other things that I've smelled in restaurants in different places. But uh, nonetheless, I don't love it. Uh, so I would not put it in my home, right? Now, as a kid uh, in school, we used to sell candles as fundraisers uh, for, I don't, I don't think they were Yankee candles, but they were candles um, that you'd sell, you know, like candy bars and whatever, but we'd sell candles. And every single year, I would buy this uh, pine tree scented candle, and I'd burn it in my room uh, until, until I couldn't burn it anymore. And uh, we actually have one at the house now that we haven't, I don't think we've burnt yet, but uh, nonetheless, that I like. So I picked it, I put it in my room. Uh, my room did not smell like pine trees uh, as a teenage boy, and so it helped a lot <laughs> to smell better. It was a pleasant smell. When you look at God and you, you see the things that God enjoys, the things that God appreciates, the things that God 
finds as good. Well, what are they? Well, we know from the very beginning of the Bible, his creation, he sees it as good. We can see things sometimes, we look at it and go, that's no good. Well, God made it. And when he made it, he said it's good. It's not to say that people didn't get corrupt and didn't, didn't corrupt things, uh, of course, along the way. But God does not look and regret creating people. His creation is pleasant to him. He, he likes it. It's good. Uh, but we see the prayers, the prayers of saints, this wonderful, in God's eyes, sweet savor. I have met people who have said, I don't want to bother God with my needs. And I have tried to be as uh, um, tactful with this as possible, but I, I just, you're not smart if that's how you think. God is not bothered by your prayers. God is not overwhelmed by your prayers. No issue is too small for God. He's not petty with your prayers. No issue is too big for God. He can handle it all. But when his saints come to him and pray to him, it is a sweet smelling savor in God's senses, um, if I can use that terminology. And it's something that God absolutely loves. But in verse number nine, we see that they sing a new song. Remember, they were singing uh, back in, uh, where was it now? I don't remember. Uh, verse number eight of chapter four, holy, 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 Lord God almighty, which was and is and is to come. And now they have a new song that they're singing. And it says in verse number nine, thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us by God, or to God by the blood out of the every kindred and tongue and people and nation and has made us unto our God kings and priests and we shall reign on earth. The song that they're singing starts with the worthiness of God. He's worthy. Why is he worthy? Why is this lamb worthy? Well, because he was slain. He gave himself. Greater love hath no man than this. And a man lay down his life for his friends. He was the gift given. John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He was slain knowing who he was being slain for. Sinners. <laughs> He's worthy. He's worthy of worship. He's worthy of the opening of this book. Remember, we looked at that uh, in the early parts of chapter 5. Uh, his worthiness of this to, to, to uh, have the deed to all of the earth, to all of creation, to everything. He's worthy because he was slain and he redeemed us. He paid, purchased us with his blood. You know, we look at this at Easter time. At, at Easter, of course, when we look at the resurrection of Christ, we always look at the crucifixion of Christ. But to to simply overlook the sincerity in Christ's love, um, when you look at the price that was paid, you can't overlook the uh, um, His love for us. When you look at what Christ paid, it changes everything. I've always been thankful when people buy me things. I, you know, as a kid, someone uh, bought me a can of soda pop for 25 cents back then, uh, or 50 cents, whatever it was. I was thankful for that. But 50 cents isn't much. It's a kind gift. Um, again, very appreciative of it. Uh, but it's 50 cents. You look at at what Christ paid, it wasn't 50 cents. I've had people buy me shirts. I've had people 
uh, buy hats. I've had people buy, uh, I got a gift one time, showed up at our door, someone on Facebook posted for, for me to warm up my lunch in my truck. And it just showed up one day. Very appreciative of it. Nothing compares to the price that Christ paid. And so when you see that he is worthy and you understand why he's worthy, because we've talked about this a lot, right? We will all throughout Revelation. Well, he's worthy. Yeah, he's worthy of our worship and he's worthy of our admiration and he's worthy of our love and all these kinds of things. But why is he worthy? I mean, you can do the simple cliche and it's true because he's God. Okay, but what does that mean in your life? What does it mean? Why is God worthy in your life to worship him? If you are saved, you, he is worthy because he's redeemed you with his blood. That is a hefty price to pay. And we should understand that. And we should sing that song uh, now as well. He goes on, though, and there's more worship going on. Verse number 11 um, and verse number 12. And I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beasts and the elders and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power, riches, wisdom, strength, honor, glory, blessings. Uh, in heaven and at the throne uh, here, we see this worship taking place and, and singing forth the fact that God is worthy. He's worthy of all power. He's worthy of all riches. He's worthy of all wisdom. He's worthy of all strength. He's worthy of all honor. He's worthy of all glory and he's worthy of all blessing. There is no man on this earth that ever has ever existed or that ever will exist. And there is no woman on this earth that ever has existed and ever will exist that is worthy of all those things. Worthy of some honor? Sure. Worthy of some riches? Sure. Worthy of some blessing? Sure. But none has ever been or ever will be worthy of all of these things except for Christ. Because again, he's the lamb that was slain. Uh, verse number 13, though, we see that not only there at the throne is this um, comprehension uh, being gathered, uh, but in verse number 13, every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all of them that are in them, Heard I saying, this is an understanding that everywhere there will not be one person disagreeing. There's not going to be one person that says, no, he's not worthy. And listen, we, we touched on this Sunday, um, or maybe it was in Sunday school. I don't remember if it, if it was me or in Sunday school. But nonetheless, it got touched on by somebody on Sunday. Um, the every tongue will confess. The every knee will bow. It doesn't mean that all are in heaven. It doesn't mean that all will receive Christ. No, it means that there'll finally be an understanding throughout everywhere that God is worthy. And that's what it's pointing to here. Um, he says that uh, they, they will all hear I saying blessing and honor and glory and power and uh, be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb uh, forever and ever. The whole world, and I'll use that word as broadly as I possibly can, the whole world all of creature, uh, cre creation, all creatures. Um, again, it says it in verse number 13, right? On the earth, or in heaven, on the earth, under the earth, in the sea, and all that are therein. They're going to hear it. Christ is worthy. Christ is worthy. Not one person arguing it. 
Those that rejected will now comprehend that they were wrong. Everyone's going to know it. Christ is worthy. In uh, Philippians 2, the Bible says, verse 9 through 11, the Bible says, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven, things in earth, things under the earth, that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. In chapter 5, we were introduced to the lamb that was slain. Well, who is that? It's Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. Well, they'll confess that he's what? Well, that he's Christ and that he's worthy. So my challenge, suggestion, thought tonight is don't wait <laughs> until the throne uh, where the lamb comes forth with the book. Don't let that be the first time that you sing, God, you're worthy. Don't let that be the moment that you realize God is worthy. Uh, on this earth, in this moment, in this life, you need to understand who God is. When he steps forth in verse number seven, immediate worship. And then more worship. It just continued. It closes verse 14. The four beasts said, Amen. The four and twenty elders fell down and worshiped him that liveth forever and ever. It just continued. Worship. Worship. Why? Because he's worthy. And that's a simple point. Uh, but it's one that we need to grasp. God's worthy of our worship. We're coming up on Christmas time. I love Christmas time. I love um, the traditional Christmas of uh, presents and stockings and food and candy and all that stuff. I'm all for it 100%. I like those things. But I'll tell you what, it's a time where we, we see materialism worshiped as much as anything at any moment in, in our society. Um, and now it starts a lot earlier than it used to, but you've got the Black Friday stuff and you've got the sales and you've got the, uh, the greatest things of this year and the greatest things of next year. And you've got to make sure you've got the newest and the most updated and all that kind of stuff. And it just, it just pours on materialism for us to worship things. They're not worthy. The greatest technology is not worthy. The greatest inventor is not worthy. Uh, the greatest whatever. It's not worthy. God is, and God alone. And so as we see in Revelation, the, the, the impact of Christ coming uh, with the book was immediate worship and then continued worship. Well, we shouldn't wait till that moment. We should be worshiping now, knowing, comprehending, understanding that he alone is worthy. Uh, and may our knees be bowed and our tongues confessing now um, uh, that he is Lord. Lord, help us to know you. Help us to um, have a true relationship with you. Uh, Lord, help us to love you. Uh, but Lord, I know that the more that we understand, the more we will uh, obey, the more we will worship. So Lord, help us to be faithful in the things that we're supposed to do to get to know you, uh, to learn more of you. Uh, Lord, help us to be faithful in our Bible reading. Help us to be faithful in church. Uh, Lord, help us to be faithful in prayer. And God, that we will worship you as you are worthy. 
Lord, that we will prove your, your worth in the way that we worship. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you can take out your prayer list. Cam, go hit that button for me, bud. I have an updated prayer list. They're just not printed. So you got to stick with these one more week, hopefully. It's Camden's fault. He didn't remind me.